0: Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Okay, it is scaring is sharing.
1: It's the place where we share our scares. Hi Jeremy.
0: Hi Brandy Joe.
1: <laughs> You're Jeremy Rusk.
0: And you are Brandy Joe
1: That is correct. Hello. Hello. It is so good to be back. Our second episode with our amazing theme music.
0: Yes, we we ideally have theme music right now that you've just <laughs> listened to. Uh, and that is done by my good friend, uh, Nick Kostreba. Shout out to Nick. He is a very talented. Hey, Nick. Very talented musician. So good. Uh, multidisciplinary, I suppose. He plays a little bit of everything. Um, but uh, if you want to check out uh, some of the stuff he works on, he's also a painter, uh, mixed medium, uh, I believe, I is the phrase. It. I'm not an art guy, but he does some cool stuff, different styles. Uh, check out his Instagram, uh, and that's at Uh and that's K-O-S-T-R-E-B-A.
1: I also want to, first of all, yes, his Music is amazing and I love what he's done for us beyond my wildest dreams, my wildest nightmares, if you will, love it. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to the lovely person who created our artwork. Um, His name is Donny Rydell, a very dear friend of mine, very talented, multiple disciplinarian or whatever as well. (laughs) Does it all, great actor. but he created our artwork, which I'm just so crazy over the moon about. And his Instagram is at Bob Hank Art, like Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Poo. Bob oh. Hank Art. And um, so we're just so lucky to have had some really awesome creative people do some really good stuff for us. I love it. Ab- absolutely.
0: Maybe someday you guys might want to pop on here and say hello.
1: That's right. So Jeremy, um, what have you watched anything in this past week aside from our assignments that we give one another?
0: Oh, absolutely. It is the spooky season time of year. It is upon us, the beloved October for it all of us, indeed. all of us horror movie maniacs. Uh, and so I, I try to do the horror movie a day at the very ah, least and- Jealous. Sometimes if I miss out and I get a moment, you know, I double up or triple up even.
1: Double fist um, it.
0: Absolutely. So what did I, first off, I wanted to mention that I had been revisiting the Fly series of films. Mm. Um, There is a wonderful box set uh, that Scream Factory put out on Blu-ray that comes with, uh, you know, brand new transfers of all the various fly movies, uh, nice. and some great special features. But I had just watched the Jeff Goldblum, uh, and Gina Davis, you know, uh, version from the '80s with David Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. Did, uh, and I guess I haven't watched it in quite a few years because there's a, It was like well, it was one of those experiences where I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. Because uh, I guess at the very least, I've been in a different headspace than the last time I watched it. So it just like, oh, wow, didn't notice that. Um, but it really is a fantastic movie. Uh, one thing I was really paying attention to, uh, and this is because of my wife being a uh, uh, actress, actor, uh, no, don't want a gender there, you know. Uh, just certain performance uh, things that Jeff Goldblum did in that movie that I don't think I really paid attention to before. And it really is a a fantastic, nuanced uh, performance he does.
1: And is it as gross as I remember it in my mind? Because for me, it also has been many, many, like a good two decades since I've seen it.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because for a long time, that movie, uh, you know, I saw it as a kid, way too young. Uh, And it was like horrifying, absolutely horrifying. And it stayed that way in my brain for a long time as like, this is one of the scariest movies ever made just because of how uh, overwhelming it is. You know, it's an assault on the senses with the grossness and the special effects and just uh, the sex, everything that's in it. Um, But I feel like it's hit that point now where like, the gross out effects aren't as gross anymore because uh, they look like special effects, you know, Mm -hmm. like the, I remember his transformation being so horrifying as a kid and just now it does look like a rubber monster. Not that it's not great uh, costuming and great makeup, but it it looks, you can see the seams more and more, I feel as years go on. Um, And maybe part of that too is just the real world uh seeing the news so much and like feeling like oh yeah they just you see more and more real world uh grossness grossness out there (laughs) yeah i don't think it was as gross it was a little bit a little bit more uh uh movie-ish than i remember still great still well written good uh and made in every regard other than yeah it's starting to look more like just a movie and not as
1: scary as it used to be so what else is in this box set besides the contemporary modern fly.
0: Yeah, so it it came with uh, all all five, there's five movies that have been produced based on The Fly, which I believe was originally a short story uh, from the 50s, 60s, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me, I don't know, off the top of my head. But there's the original with Vincent Price, Uh, it comes with Return of the Fly, also with Vincent Price, which was the sequel to that one. I did. I also watched it, it was called The Curse of the Fly, mm. which was the final of that original run of movies uh, that was sort of produced by the same producers. I guess it was kind of like, not as connected to the first two. It has none. no Vincent Price this time, no actors from the original two movies. Uh, not even a fly in that one either. What? It's actually, yeah, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be the same family doing the teleportation experiments. Mm. Uh, so there's mutants they're just not necessarily fly mutants and it was okay that one was a little bit boring i can see why it's uh been forgotten kind of uh not a lot of people talk about that one it apparently wasn't available on home video for many many years so it got forgotten by time uh and then the jeff goldblum fly and then its sequel with um was that Eric Stoltz, I believe, was in that one?
1: Yeah, I never saw that.
0: The Fly 2. I actually haven't watched it either. So that's the last one I have to revisit, and then I'll have watched all those.
1: So when you talk about the third fly that really doesn't, ha- it doesn't even have a fly in it, I've never yeah. seen any of the Cat People movies, but isn't the sequel to the original Cat People, it's called like Curse of the Cat People or something? Yes. And yeah. aren't there like no cats in it?
0: It has nothing to do with, yeah, it has nothing to do with, <laughs> with cat
1: people. It's a ghost story. I've heard it's really good. I want to, I need to see that.
0: Yeah. The, 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 those two original cat people films are both very good movies.
1: Yeah. I need to see those. <laughs> and I, I need to see the one from the eighties. Cause I hear it's a lot of fun too.
0: I've never seen that one actually either. Well, how I just, about kn- that? I know. I just know the David Bowie song, you know, I've heard that that's in there.
1: I don't know. it. I don't think.
0: Oh, okay. I love that song. Uh, I love David Bowie. So,
1: this last week I watched The Craft with Joe. He'd never seen it before, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of fun. I've never,
0: I, ha- I haven't seen it in adult life. Okay. Saw it as a kid, uh, like sure. elementary school. Don't remember much about it.
1: Yeah, I saw it in high school. It came out in 95 or 96. I can't remember which. I feel like 96, maybe. Regardless, Nev Campbell and um, Skeet Ulrich are both in it. So I was like, mm-hmm. it was a big year for them. So I think it was 96 because it was like pre-Scream. Yeah. But then they're both in Scream, which came out either that later that year or the next year um and you know it doesn't hold up as good as it did in my mind and i think it's mainly because after that like buffy the vampire slayer tv series came out and the charm series came out and like yeah everything really kind of took that very similar vibe of like sort of you know very hip storytelling to like a younger generation and taking just that what felt so fresh at the time mm-hmm. um and just it's been overdone so much now. So while it was still a lot of fun, and I think Faruza Bulk does not work enough, I love her so much. She's so unusual. Yes, she so is. So creepy. She did a lot of
0: great uh, movies back in the day, and she just kind of
1: disappeared. Yeah.
0: American yeah. History
1: X, and of course, the best one, Return to Oz, which is- Oh, true. yes. Absolutely. So good. Absolutely. Back when she was like- quaint and like a pretty little thing and then she you know definitely. yeah then she went edgy (laughs) yeah she she got dark i've never seen the water boy i know she's in it i may watch it just because i miss her and wish she was still around
0: i have seen the water boy a number of times but i for some reason don't remember her being in it so it's like (laughs) maybe the when water boy came out i probably wasn't paying attention to who she was Uh, yeah because i would uh, i don't remember water boy was late 90s i think so
1: I've seen a gif a few times pop up on the social medias where she like holds up a sign outside of a window and she's like, do you want me to kill them or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's from the yes. Um, but yeah, Joe thought it was okay. He, he didn't okay. love it. He didn't hate it. He was just kind of middle ground, which is a little better. Lots of times I show him horror movies I want him to like, and I can just tell in his body language as we're watching it that he's hating it.
0: And he doesn't want to offend you.
1: No, oh he doesn't care <laughs> oh okay <good. laughs> and it, i do get like it does hurt me though especially because i'm usually showing him something because i really because it like means it.
0: something to you and i'm
1: like just hopeful he's gonna like it because he loves the babadook he loved the final girls yeah um i feel there's a few other things that he like when it ends he's like yeah that's how you do it bitch yeah but then there's certain other things where afterwards he's just like "Ugh, <laughs> this was garbage it. yeah yeah so, you know, middle ground, I'll take it. I'll take that yeah, sparkling sure. middle ground.
0: You, you know, last night too, I watched, uh, I threw on Halloween 4, mm. the return of Michael Myers. That oh, is yes. mandatory seasonal viewing. Um, rewatching it uh, this year, I'm like, this This is a movie that I feel like gets better. I don't know. It, it's one for me. Maybe it's nostalgia because I've been watching it uh, it, it's a it's an iconic Halloween movie to me beyond just the original. Um, I think that one is up there. I, know I need to rewatch people, it. I know people have trashed it here or there over the years. I feel like its reputation, you know, comes and goes as more Halloween movies come out. But I uh, hot take. Halloween four is one of the best sequels to the original. Isn't
1: the mask really bad though? The mask is. looks like shit in that movie. (laughs) I thought so. That's like what I remember more than anything.
0: Yeah, but the movie in general is pretty solid. Um, Because then I segued into five. Uh, I should say I fell asleep watching (laughs) (laughs) Halloween five. So I was in and out. Uh, And that one is, uh, uh, there's a lot in it that for some reason in my brain, I think it happened in Halloween four. I kind of combined those two into one movie because they were, their plots, uh, you know, follow each other so closely. But uh, five's got some fun scenes, but a lot of it is actually kind of boring. I think that's why I fell asleep. It was late at night and, uh, there's just too much slow pacing in there that I'm like, and I'm done.
1: So which one is the one where Jamie's in like a laundry shoot or something? It's something that's in five. the step. Okay.
0: That's the end of five. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which is like that scene goes
1: on way too long watching it. I'm like, and is it, she dressed up as a ballerina? Yes. Or something like yes. that? Yeah. Okay. She's
0: wearing like a princess dress. Yeah, those, uh, as far as Halloween sequels, I mean, I'll take them. It's just the time of year. I watch all these, you know, all these lesser uh, Halloweens as well. Not just the original. I know everybody wants to go on and on about how great John Carpenter was with the first movie. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I love it too. So let's talk about some of the others.
1: Oh, but Resurrection is just the worst
0: it has buster rhymes though with the wonderful trick-or-treat motherfucker <laughs> which is one of the
1: greatest things it's true it's the one good thing that i've ever it. heard if you had to like watch if you had to choose for one of them to live and one of them to die between halloween resurrection and halloween curse of michael myers which one would you keep and which one would you kill
0: oh no no that's hard, because Curse of Michael Myers is. Uh, I do have a soft spot for it. Um, Paul Rudd is Paul he's Rudd, a,
1: so he's a dreamboat.
0: I know he's always great, even from the beginning when he was in that movie. He's not very Paul Ruddish either, because you know it's his first movie. I don't think he had settled into like I'm this, you know, <laughs> charming goofy guy. Um, the rest of that movie is a mess. Uh, yeah. uh, but Resurrection. The funny thing with Halloween Resurrection is I feel like they were kind of like looking into the crystal ball and seeing the future of like, oh, of course people are going to watch videos of people dying on the internet. (laughs) Like, that's going to become an actual thing. Like, when they made that movie, I don't think that was yet, you know, uh, how we... The internet wasn't as trashy yet, I don't think. Uh, I think you're right. And they were kind of ahead of the game there, so that's kind of cool. But the rest of that movie is like garbage. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with the rest of the Halloween series, really. Uh, I, I take uh, Curse of Michael Myers to continue.
1: And Kill Resurrection. And
0: Kill Resurrection. Okay. That's what I think. What do you think?
1: Um, you know I honestly don't remember either one of them that well to know. Like in my mind, what I do remember, I'd Kill Resurrection and keep Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. Mostly just because it was more interesting as much as it, I remember it being real like messy and like, what in the hell is even going on here? Yeah. Um, but I just remember Resurrection being bad. So.
0: Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's got that opening sequence though uh, that I feel like plays like its own short film pretty well, which is where uh, Jamie Lee Curtis gets oh, killed.
1: Right. She's in like a bad wig, isn't she? I feel yeah, like she's in a
0: terrible wig. wig and it's like they made a mini Halloween movie. Yeah. Um, still bad choice to kill her because Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, she almost more than Michael Myers is Halloween to me, in my mind, because uh, Laurie Strode is just, you know, the ultimate final girl. Um,
1: so slight, like if you haven't seen the newest Halloween, Halloween 2018, I'm gonna, I mean, it's not a huge thing, but I'm gonna talk a little spoilery right here. Um, so there's an accident that happens, which is how Michael Myers gets released, right? And that one, you've seen mm-hmm, 2018, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, it's always been my impression that she caused that accident. Because Ooh. she wanted him to get out. I just, I've, I i do not know why. From the time I saw, it, I thought it was going to end up coming out at some point within the film. Like that yeah. she caught, co- because like she shows up later that day, like drunk at like that dinner with like her daughter and her granddaughter. And I just had this impression, like she was like had been waiting for him, and she like did that so he would get out in the world, and she she knew he would come after her. Oh. She was going to be coming for him. Uh, this just a hot take. It's a hot take. It's my fan hot take. theory. I like it. <laughs> fan theory. Ooh, you know, something else we should talk about is yes. that we're both involved in this. Um, sh- it's a-, a series called killer clown. Yes. From um, our friend Lego horror videos. That's his Instagram um, name. All and his YouTube. Word. And his YouTube Lego horror videos. His name's Lucas, and he is so great. He has some really awesome compilations of like Friday the Thirteenth kills. Um, he's so great. He does like almost a post a day. He's so redone talented. entirely in Lego. Uh, entirely hence the in name. Lego. Hence the, hence the name. Hence the name Lego Horror Videos. But we're both involved in Killer Clown. I think you're you and Sarah are both in the first one, and I'm in the second yes. one. Yes. Yes uh and they are fun let me tell they're you, they're so fun so please check them out he's super talented and who doesn't love a killer clown i i mean they're the best that's the best kind of clown <laughs> except the movie clown house which was made by like a pedophile and there's some really, there's a lot of little yes. boys and like whitey tidies, and it's uncomfortable
0: yes victor selva was uh isn't that that director I know. He did like, didn't he Jeepers do
1: Creepers 2, I think, yeah, right? Both of them. He oh, did both, both of them.
0: He did both the Jeepers Creepers, which is anytime I see that movie mentioned um, on social media, uh, it's like, okay, let's see the comment section <laughs> blow up because it's yeah. about to get real in there with people arguing.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, creeper.
0: It does make those movies difficult to uh, yeah. uh, enjoy in hindsight.
1: Yeah, don't want to support that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, Also this week I started Monsterland on Hulu, which is like, um, I believe it's described as an anthology series. But so far I'm like four episodes in and every episode is a sort of standalone episode, but there has been some like slight crossover and like some characters, but it's really good. I'm really pretty impressed. I haven't loved a lot of like the original scary Hulu content.
0: I've not watched any of their original content because I. everything gets such mediocre reviews that it hasn't like excited me to check any of that stuff out so but maybe monster land's worth a shot
1: it really is it's quite quite good um i'm excited to see where it goes i think it's eight episodes the haunting of Bly manor just dropped october 9th but i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but the haunting of hill house is my favorite tv series ever
0: wow i I need to finish it i watched i watched half of it uh and just got distracted by life i guess never came back to it
1: it happens you know uh
0: it also doesn't help that my wife uh really does not like ghost stories (laughs) and that one was too much for her so
1: it's so good because it's so many things it's like a family drama and it deals with like grief and addiction and but it's also scary i just like that's like my Last week, I know I talked a lot about the blend of like comedy and horror, but like, yeah. if you can have a good drama mixed with horror as well, I'm a yes. huge fan of that. Like I Real, love some good acting.
0: Authentic character development.
1: Yes. It's so fantastic. Exactly it. Yeah. Yep.
0: So I'll have to jump back into that one and then uh, watch the new uh, Bly Manor. Um, I also, uh, in the spirit of the season, and if anybody out there is video game uh, uh Fans, Uh, I just played through Resident Evil 2, uh, the remake they did for PlayStation 4, uh, which, you know, is running around shooting zombies and mutants. uh, And that really gets my spooky juices going, playing through a video game like that.
1: There was already a Resident Evil 2 and they remade it, or Resident Evil 2 is a remake of Resident Evil 1?
0: So Resident Evil 2... The remake on PlayStation 4 is a remake of the PlayStation 1 game, Resident Evil 2.
1: So, like better uh, graphics, yes, things like they, that. They
0: took it and essentially uh, redid the entire. They took the main plot of that game and uh, mechanics because uh, it's such a fan favorite. Resident Evil, I know, I'm sure you know the movie series. Uh, it, it's such a fan favorite property. And it all started with the PlayStation 1 games that. Back then, I thought that game was so scary to play through, so nerve wracking because you never know when zombies or monsters are gonna show up and you gotta get away. Uh, but then you watch the uh, video footage of PlayStation One graphics, and you're like, I can't tell what's happening. It's all block, <laughs> it's all weird block, pixelated stuff. And I, 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 how are we scared by this? But you know, we've all grown and our tastes have changed. But they made a new version of it with better graphics, better gameplay, and. Uh, it's a fun game, so if any of cool. you are video game fans, uh, check out Resident Evil. T- I know they, they then went ahead and then remade the next one, Resident Evil 3. Haven't played that one yet, but uh, if I do, I'll let everybody know.
1: Yeah, something to look forward to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, so I have a big corrections corner, or two. Okay, Fun. So last week, and I don't know, I guess I just must have heard it. I thought I heard it in Return of the Living Dead. And you were very sweet to not correct me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought Linnea Quigley's name was Action in Return of the Living Dead. I continuously called her that. I wrote it down in my notes while I was watching. Her Uh name is Trash. Trash. Yes. (laughs) But I continually called her Action. I don't know where I heard it. I don't know if someone else's name was action, and I think one of the other characters might have been called action. But I'm sorry, Linnea Quigley, if I'm even saying your name right now, Linnea, 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 Linnea Quigley. I, yep. I'm sorry for misnaming you and for pronouncing your name incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> My other one is when I was talking um, when we were talking about Housebound. Yes. And the um, the guy who lives in the wall. I said he was very reminiscent of. Newt and people under the stairs. And that is not his name. His name is Roach. Oh yeah. I mean Newt I is Newt is aliens. Aliens. I don't It's the little, little girl in aliens. Yep. My my, my brain is crossed. I, I can't even blame it on the drugs anymore. I <laughs> I'm I hope they're out of my system, you know, after a couple of years. But yeah. But um but yeah, I as I was going through the last episode, I realized I said some things wrong.
0: Well, sometimes we can
1: be dumb. And, and sometimes <laughs> they come back again. And again. <laughs> and again. I and think there's and, like four or five like of them. There's like four or five of those <laughs> because they just keep coming back. <laughs> so those are my corrections. So I'm sure we'll have more. You know what? We will. And if we don't catch something and you're listening, please feel free to write tell us, us and tell us. Yeah, Because
0: I'm I'm sure we'll say lots of stupid shit as time goes yep. on.
1: Scaring a sharing on Instagram or scaring a sharing at gmail.com. Please write us and tell us what we're messing up. Please tell us. <laughs> so Jeremy, I think it's time now for us to share our scares with each other. Absolutely. I think I went first last week. So why don't you share with me what I you want me to watch?
0: Okay. Well then, let me ask you, BJP, have you ever wondered what horrors live in the void outside of our own
1: world? Like the Twilight Zone?
0: Have you ever thought to yourself, (laughs) man, I really wish movies would use the human pineal gland as a plot device more.
1: I don't even know what that is. Well, you don't (laughs) have
0: to worry about that any longer, because the movie (laughs) I am giving you is From Beyond. Ooh, Also known as H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. So that'll give you some idea as to where this comes from. Um, It is, it's a movie I love. Uh, It's fun. It's weird. It's got some actors (laughs) in there that... Uh, hopefully, you recognize them when you see it. I don't want to give away too much, but uh, it's pretty out there. Uh, have you ever seen Reanimator?
1: Once, yeah.
0: It is Stuart Gordon, the late Stuart Gordon. He passed away earlier this year. Rest in peace. Uh-huh. Uh But he, you know, Reanimator was his first film, his claim to fame. Uh, and this is part of his follow ups to that. Uh two reanimators is
1: the poster or some of the video art like a man's face like stretched out
0: yes okay
1: that's i think all i know of it um knowing hp lovecraft's name is involved i imagine there's some weird hybrid of people and monster because that's (laughs) in my mind what lovecraftian is which i'm not a fan of as a a rule Uh um like i watched that movie the beach house that came out Mm, earlier this year that. i didn't see not that. good but they okay. describe it as lovecraftian and um there's something else oh um the void did you ever see the void yes i have seen the void it's also described as lovecraftian and i was mm. not a fan i may have been on some mind altering substances while watching it so that could have had something to do with the fact that it was like not up my alley yeah but i don't know why that that and as a rule is not something i'm drawn to so i'm very intrigued to see where it goes.
0: I I will say Stuart Gordon, I think, is the one director to do Lovecraft correctly. Oh, Uh, okay. Because hot take, most Lovecraft-based or inspired work, I would say, just doesn't turn out as good as what you would think from the source material. Uh, Because there's a lot of, you know, when you read actual Lovecraft, his actual written work, it's pretty vague and it gives you a lot of latitude to <laughs> fill in the blanks and come up with something cool. Uh, but a lot of directors just, I, I don't know why it doesn't go uh, that interesting. But Stuart Gordon, I think, really nailed it with his. He did a handful of uh, Lovecraft inspired work. Uh, and I think he did pretty good with his takes.
1: Because Reanimator would be, con- it's based on Lovecraft, it is, right? Yes, it and is. I did love Reanimator. There's a sequel oh. too, right? Bride of Reanimator? Bride of
0: Reanimator, which technically- Not seen that. Also based off of Lovecraft. So oh, okay. So still, yeah. Because the, uh, the Reanimator novella had a lot of material in it. So <laughs> they were able to turn it into a couple of movies.
1: Yeah, I've not yet watched Love, um, Lovecraft Country. I'm really excited to. I've it's, just been... it's very good. I'm waiting for them to all be done so I can binge it. That's what my goal is.
0: I already have a corrections corner here. Let me say uh, Lovecraft Country, the show, I would say beyond beyond Stuart Gordon, that's the next uh, really good take on Lovecraftian themes and ideas. I feel that show does a pretty good job thus far. Okay. But it's it's also drawing, the show draws from a whole bunch of different, beyond just Lovecraft, a bunch of others. Sources cool. and ideas. So,
1: so my estimation about what from beyond is. You talked about the human pineal gland, gland or something. Uh-huh. Like, but um, so and that that one guy's face is all stretched out in the VHS cover. So I imagine someone is doing some sort of experiments with people, and they grow into something. A bigger, larger monster. Their face is only a small portion of it. Their mind is taken over by something otherworldly. They become less human and more monster. And, you know, I, I'm going to just say it now, I think that the the monsters are going to be victorious. It's going to not be happy for humanity. That's my estimation on how it's all going to go down. So
0: you'll, you'll have to, you'll have to watch and let me know. It is definitely a, I would call it a gonzo eighties flick.
1: What, what does that mean? Gonzo? Totally insane. Okay. No. Totes gons. Totes gons. Well, I'm excited to check it out for sure. And I believe it's on shutter. So, uh. okay. Uh, I, I do love my shutter.
0: That was kind of where it popped into my head because I, I uh, saw it pop up on there. Like, ooh, if he's not seen this, this will be fun, I think. At the very least, even if you fucking hate the movie, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you'll have some fun watching it. Cause... Oh, yeah. We're
1: going to have some of those. I mean, last week yep. was great. We both loved the movies that we shared with one another or that were shared with us, rather. Um, but, you know, we're going to have some weeks where we're going to hate them, and that's okay. That's what Absolutely. it's all about.
0: Absolutely. That's what it is about.
1: That's right. So this week, I'm sort of sticking more with the theme of what I talked about earlier this episode, which is like a good drama mixed with horror as well. Whereas uh-huh. last week, I was definitely more on like, I love comedy and horror mixed together.
0: Ooh. It's
1: definitely drama and horror mixed together. And I have a uh-huh. handful uh-huh. of good ones I could do. But after last week, there's only one that I can assign to. Oh, boy. Do you know lay- what it is? No, lay it on me. Hereditary. Oh. Ah! Because I cannot believe that you have not seen it.
0: I can't believe I haven't seen it either. I'm sorry, world.
1: No, um, I, don't be sorry. But do you have an opposition to seeing it? Is that why you have not?
0: Okay. Really? So I could get into what I think it's about, but the world has already kind of keyed me into that. Because when, <laughs> when that movie came up, people wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. So it's it true. Was, it was everywhere. So I know it's some satanic shit. Uh, demonic whatever people are like it's the new exorcist uh i feel like i was just being a grump when it first came out and was like uh, people can't tell me something's better than the exorcist <laughs> blah 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 uh so i just i don't know why i have that hesitation now i feel like there was just too much you know the heyday you got 70s 80s even early 90s movies uh and i think part of that is just growing up you kind of like hold those up uh, and then a lot of newer movies, I'm talking in the 2000s, you know, the last handful of years. I feel like for a while, people were like, this movie's really scary. And then I saw it and it's stupid <laughs> and not, not uh, what I was expecting. So I kind of like, oh, I don't really care about new stuff that's coming out. But then Hereditary happened and everybody talked about it. And I've been meaning to see it after uh, people Close to me, told me it was very good. Uh, so I was like, I really need to check this thing out finally. But uh, now is the time. I suppose. Now is the
1: time, indeed. and now I'm
0: glad I haven't watched it under my own, uh, <laughs> you know, free will before this. Uh, our, I'm, I'm, our, I'm excited.
1: Good. Our likes and what we love about the horror genre—they're so different, and that's why I think this works so well. Our pairing because we uh-huh. really do have very different. Um, interest in horror, we yes. have some crossover, but like our, our main loves within the genre are very different from one another. And that's why I'm appreciative that we have this time so that I can get to know some of these films that like I otherwise probably would never go near. Oh, so. absolutely.
0: You'll find very quickly, I love a good rubber monster. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> that's just near and dear to my heart. Monsters in general, but just good a good creature. Uh, really gets my juices going, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. <laughs>
0: uh, so, yeah, this is exciting. Oh, and I I will say, I, uh, with Hereditary, too, what excites me is uh, it must be my Catholic upbringing, uh, but stories, anything to do with demons, uh, getting into the more uh, satanic side of things, uh, as a kid, that was it for me. Like, that was so scary and so real, Uh so even now, The Exorcist, even though rewatching it, that's, like I said with The Fly, that's another movie that the special effects really look like special effects now. And I think now. it
1: holds up pretty well. But
0: it's a great film. It, yeah. uh, it's a very well-made movie, but it shouldn't, objectively, it shouldn't be that scary anymore because you can see the seams. I know everything. But there's that part of me that's still like, this is the scariest movie ever made. And thinking about it, like, takes me back to my childhood. Uh, and just how frightening it was to see that movie uh even to talk about it was like too too much too much but
1: so aside from it dealing with satanic stuff or whatever what else do you know about hereditary
0: well okay so i know from the trailer like the mom because we were inundated with that trailer uh when the movie was coming out so i feel like i saw it a billion times i know like grandma died uh and everyone's like grandma was a big piece of shit uh and then the daughter starts acting funny. So I'm like, okay, so grandma like possessed the, uh, the kid and she's actually some sort of like evil person and some, some uh, demonic possession fuckery is gonna go on here. So, uh, <laughs> so that's what I know. That's about all I know. Okay. And I'm sure Hereditary, there's something to do. There's gonna be, the title has to tie into like their bloodline, family lineage, something like that. Uh, E- evilness is inherited <laughs> I'm assuming is going to be the message so
1: cool well I'm excited well um we'll be back here in just a moment and we'll talk about these flicks can't wait me too bye, bye. don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative <laughs>
0: And we're back with some more beautiful theme music there uh, from my friend, Nick Castriba. And again, Nick. check him out, check him out on Instagram, uh, and Kastriba or at and uh, oh, yeah. and
1: see what he's up to. And you know, what? I've never met him, but he's a boy after my own heart using uh, a sound bite from scream, which is definitely, in like my top three. So good. What a great so choice. Good. And it works yes.
0: perfectly for this segment of the show.
1: Oh my God. So great. So Nick, you're the best. So Jeremy, what's up? Hello. Hello. So um, I'm going to talk about from beyond first. Cool. Let's do so it. So going into this, you know that I said that, you know, on, as a rule, Lovecraftian things I'm not so all about. Yes. And um, you know what I thought it was pretty darn Good. Good. You know, I think love might be a strong word, but for me saying it's pretty darn good is like a love letter for what I feel about Lovecraftian stories generally. Yeah,
0: there you go. Uh, Yeah. I,
1: I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the music and the lighting was totally radical loved them. Yes. Like tubular radical. I love pinks and blues. And it's like anytime that resonator was on, like we were in a magical neon wonderland.
0: And I feel like pink is an underutilized color scheme, especially in horror.
1: For sure. Um, it's always reds yep. and dark tones. Reds,
0: and, something gross, greens. Yep.
1: But I loved, but, and especially considering that so much of it was like tapping into like that sexual desire. Like I thought pink was such an yes. appropriate color. It was a very oh, absolutely sexy colored Sensual. Film. Yes. Yes. Without being yes. like the obvious like, ooh, red tones. It was like hot. Like we are turned on to the max right now. Yes, neon pink, like nightclub pink. And you know what? You know, I'm like a horn dog, and I saw some daddy butt, and I got to see. Um Bubba run around in his underwear. So like. You, you know what? Have when it. I rewatching
0: it, I saw that scene and I was like, ooh, <laughs> he's going to like that. We're going to have some comments about Heck that. Heck yeah, we are.
1: That. Because you always, yeah, especially, especially in 80s horror, you always see some titties. Like you got to see some naked girls running around. So whenever you can get a little man candy, like I, I, I love it. It's great,
0: and I do think that that's yeah really cool in this movie is that they do give you a little bit of both. They do both
1: best of both worlds. It's like yeah, tap into it. Um, Yeah, but I really loved it, and you know what's interesting? I know um, Barbara Crampton is like well known for like early eighties horror. Yes, and like I've I think I saw Reanimator like within the last ten years for the first time. Like, and it's been a while now. Like, I don't remember everything. I just remember really enjoying it um but when i see her i know her best from your next and yep. um we are still here which i don't think you've seen no i haven't it's fantastic that was i think the first thing i saw her in Um, So I think of her from these more modern contemporary movies where she's like, you know, playing the mom and stuff. And then it's so interesting to see her in these movies where she's more in her heyday and she's like, you know, gorgeous and young and, you know. Yes. And What I really loved here in um, comparison to Return of the Living Dead, where Tina drove me nuts because she was so boring and just whiny, which she was like the girlfriend, is that I thought um, Dr. McMichaels was like... Fantastic. And I just thought mm-hmm. that she had a lot of personality. She was a great character. Like all the characters were super well-rounded. I mean, I think Dr. Pretorius is kind of like one-sided just in the fact that he wants more. He wants sex. He, he wants to experience he's, from beyond. So He's just crazy. <laughs> he's just crazy. Um, yep. You know, but everyone else I thought had a really nice, fleshed out character. And I really enjoyed that aspect. And I totally think Jeffrey Combs is so hot. Like, he's a dreamboat. I, I love me. I, I think he's hot. I need to watch ReAnimator again.
0: Jeffrey Combs is probably one of my all-time favorite genre actors. Uh, there's just something about the energy and the characters he builds. Uh, so whenever he pops up, I'm like, oh, yes, Jeffrey Combs is in this. <laughs> like, even if he's just in a cameo, it's going to be amazing for, like, that scene. Um, and he's, he's funny, too, because I know him growing up on star trek originally okay uh because he is a uh he did a recurring guest actor i'll say he played multiple characters across multiple star trek series uh usually in alien makeup so that's how they got away (laughs) with it where's various aliens but yeah that's how i came to know him i was like oh he's the bad guy in deep space nine and oh he did all of these uh uh, horror movies that I'm now discovering in later life. I'm like, he is just great in everything he does.
1: Um, I watched it on Shudder, like you recommended. And the, tra- yeah, the yeah, transfer yeah. was gorgeous. Like it looks like a movie made today, just in regards to everything was so crisp and clean, which I know most movies, you know, these days are remastered and everything like that. But I just, I, I, it couldn't have looked better. So that was awesome. Yeah, there,
0: there was a remaster uh, done um, a few years back it was on blu-ray there was a new collector's edition blu-ray of the movie okay. uh, and i i bet you shutter is using that same uh transfer uh that they did um so if anybody out there is like you know collector nerds i don't think you can get it anymore though oh. i think it's out of print that blu-ray if i recall so uh sorry
1: guys you might have to, me- <laughs> you might
0: have to go to ebay to find
1: it so uh, there's a couple of scenes well There's a scene, and overall, it reminded me of um, two separate movies, both which came after this. So, it's just interesting in that regard. First of all, the opening scene with Barbara Crampton, um, Dr. McMichaels, when she's, like, walking into the hospital and going down to see Crawford, was Uh so Silence of the Lambs. Like, she's walking down, she sees the guy jerking off. Like, I was like, this is Silence of the Lambs, but before Silence of the Lambs happened. (laughs) I, I,
0: I also like that cliche like how do we show a guy is crazy in the nut house uh he's jerking off on- <laughs>
1: right like
0: that always, always like
1: always the go-to for crazy people and then the other thing just overall it really reminded me of hellraiser just in this regard of like there is this yeah, portal okay. to this other I see world it. where like your desires beyond your imagination can be unleashed And there's these horrors that can be seen. And it came out, I think, a year before Hellraiser. I think Hellraiser's 87. This is 1986. But it's Mm -hmm. just interesting how this time seemed to... I mean, I don't know other films as well, if they also tap into this. But between these two, this is a much more lighthearted with like a sense of humor and more personality, more neon, and Hellraiser is much more... Dark, dark and bloody but and just gothic there's some of those similar like funny animations and and yeah i just it reminded me a lot of hellraiser
0: i do wonder too if that is um since the source material for from beyond is hp lovecraft uh and hellraiser is clive barker and you know clive barker is uh, much like stephen king as well hp uh, lovecraft is a huge influence on both of sure. them as writers uh-huh. so i wonder if that's where the uh uh thematic connection
1: lies there very well could be and the house had its address was 666 which i just loved like i'm like you're not of course you're not even trying to be subtle here (laughs)
0: no yeah it's just fun and the uh i i told you earlier the uh bride of frankenstein connection here oh
1: oh yeah tell me what it was
0: dr praetorius is the evil doctor in bride of frankenstein okay he makes the little miniature people oh i love uh, the miniature people He's the one that's totally nuts and wants to just create, you know, he doesn't mind that the monster is uncontrollable and killing people. He thinks it's great. And that's, uh, you know, that's where the idea of Dr. Praetorius comes from. Uh, They use the name and, you know, a similar kind of like, he's a mad doctor that just doesn't care what's
1: going to (laughs) happen with this thing. And, you know, I feel like some of these other, I know I keep harping on it, but like these other Lovecraftian adaptations I really like it for a long way, but then usually like the last quarter or so, I just get a little tired and I just, Uh I'm like, okay, I got it. You know, like, like at first, like the monster is so cool to see. And especially like, I love me some practical effects and it still looks good. Like, I think that the effects, even though they are dated, it's still, it still is pretty cool to look at. Like anything non CGI where they're, Really, you know, some some artists really put into some some hard work here to make this happen.
0: Yeah, to build this thing, right. yes.
1: But I just start to get a little exhausted by the end, which is where, like, my fatigue comes in with it. But this one held off a lot longer than many other films. Like, I tried to watch Color Out of Space, that Nicolas Cage movie. And, yeah. man, I think I didn't make it past the first quarter. Like, I just started to get exhausted with it. it- it's, it's a weird one. It's not for everybody. I'll, yeah. I'll say that much. So, I, I mean, would you consider The Thing Lovecraftian? You know, I was thinking about that uh,
0: after we had talked about Lovecraftian. I'm like, well, I guess The Thing is. Uh, but again, mind you, The Thing comes
1: from... Like a 50s movie. Uh,
0: yeah, The 50s movie. And then that comes from a novella uh, From back, you know, the fifties, forties, maybe I don't know. Okay, Uh, Campbell was the author's name, I think. Uh, But that uh, did feature the the original novella features a shape changing monster. So John Carpenter was going back to the original novel. Um, But I don't know how much that guy was inspired by Lovecraft, or if he just had a similar idea. Where is
1: Lovecraft? Like, when is Lovecraft from? He's early
0: twentieth century. Okay. Okay. So 1900s into the 1920s, I think.
1: I will say it's impressive that someone from that long ago still to this day inspires movies with his creations and his ideas. Like that is really impressive i don't know why it just doesn't connect with me as much i don't know why i prefer a straight up monster or a ghost or a killer but something where you are once human and you are becoming now monster based on something falling out of the sky or unleashing another world like there's just something that doesn't quite connect with me Mm -hmm. at least to the point that i'm like "Ooh, i want to watch that maybe it's the science fiction you know what it might be because i don't as a rule, get into science fiction. There's like the yeah. rare times, something like Alien, where it's more horror than science fiction. Sure. But it is still science. Like there's those rare crossovers where I can kind of get into it. But you might be yeah. right. Maybe it is something to Maybe that that's nature.
0: it. You're just not a space boy.
1: I, I'm not a space boy. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, but I, I I'm so glad that you had me watch this because I probably never would have. And I really mm-hmm. did. I love the style um what's the 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 director's name again
0: uh stuart gordon Steven gordon
1: love his style i i yes. love his use of color and humor and i need to watch bride of reanimator because I, well i need to rewatch anima- reanimator reanimator and then watch yes. bride of reanimator again. funny
0: enough too, uh stuart gordon i was just brushing up on him before we started talking real quick uh and he uh, had a background in theater he started in uh, doing stage plays. Interesting. Before jumping into movies. And that also kind of, uh, he did Reanimator. Uh, and then From Beyond was his next movie, his second film, because the first one was Reanimator, his first movie. Uh, and then he did From Beyond. And that was why he wanted to use Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton again, uh, because of the idea of creating like a theater troupe of actors Interesting. He liked to try and I work with that. the same people over and over. Um, a co- this is a very wet movie that's what i was thinking about re-watching it again like everything's wet and there's water <laughs> whenever they turn on the resonator there's just water on the ground well, it's very it's sexual like, you know yeah yeah and i mean the little flying fish guys are like you know these giant sperm with
1: teeth that are appearing <laughs>
0: everywhere and attack you it's it's uh they hit you over the head with it for sure uh which is
1: there's one other thing that i was like you know what And my and it may just be my mind because i'm you know i'm in recovery i'm a recovering addict but some as i was thinking it bubba called it Mm -hmm. out like as this was going on i'm like is this like a parallel for like drugs and how like certain drugs totally like turn on your sex drive get you all horny and you just want more and more and more and you can't stop yourself and just as um dr mcmichaels is kind of getting all into it bubba's like i know this this behavior you're a junkie and i was yeah. like that's just you're like oh there it is just thinking that so i absolutely I appreciated that for it as well because i get that and it speaks to me on like a very personal level like so i'm like oh man yeah. i like as she's going sneaking back up there in the middle of the night to turn on that machine because she's just gotta have some more she's gotta have it <laughs> and i'm like I, and, I and, and, then it, and then it turns on her. yep because then it's not
0: fun anymore. You know, that's still very real. Um, I was thinking too, at the end of the movie when uh, the monster, it eats Jeffrey Combs uh, and then they just melt into the blob <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Uh, I made a connection uh, where this movie was produced by Brian Yuzna. Yuzna, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but he's a, a producer. He worked with uh, Stuart Gordon a lot uh, and then did a bunch of his own movies. But he uh, directed the movie Society, which which also has a very goopy-gloppy blob finale where I'm like, oh, I wonder if this was like a dress rehearsal for Society. Gave him some ideas. Yeah, I need to 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 see
1: it. I know know the scene. I've seen clips of the scene. Yeah. But I've never seen the whole thing. And I know that you're a big fan of that movie.
0: It is absurd. I don't know if I really like it, but it must be seen. It must be experienced at least once. So I might have to shoot that at you sometime. Um, from Beyond as well, like from my, my own personal experience, uh, is a movie too that I don't think I would have discovered just on my own. Uh, it ha- I think it was in a Fangoria issue or like... I read about it in a, know, maybe a book that Fangoria or some horror, you know, publisher put out where I'm like, what is it? I just remember the image of Dr. Praetorius where he's half blob yeah. and half man and like that image was in the book and it's like from beyond a story of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have to see this. <laughs> uh, this sounds insane. Uh, and I, I, I think I just kind of found this in like a used DVD bin or something many years ago originally. I was like, oh, I've read about this. I need to watch this movie finally. And I was totally just blown away by it the first time I saw it. So, and then it's become a movie that I force everyone to watch. Right? <laughs> if people are like, hey, I want to watch a really fucked up movie, I'm like, watch from beyond. You'll like this. You know, if
1: you like crazy, gloopy movies, it's very well done. Yes.
0: Uh, it, it, it is a, uh, you know, a fun time for the whole family. Uh, no, not really. Please don't let your, please don't let your kids watch this. uh, I don't know.
1: I watch this kind of movie. Or do, maybe.
0: Or do, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a role model. Don't
1: ask me. You're my role model, Uh, Jeremy. (laughs) Oh, thank
0: you. So, uh, I guess really let's, let's get down to the verdict then. What, uh. You know, how many out of five, how many floating sperm monsters would you give
1: this movie? I think I'd give it three and a half floating sperm monsters,
0: okay. which is well above average. In there?
1: Well, you know, I would say that's, that's. I mean, three is good. Three and a half, three and a half. Of, yeah, I mean, and and that's good. One half of those monsters probably, you know, will complete itself. Like, who knows? Maybe in time it will turn into four because they're like worms, eels. I don't know if eels are Absolutely. like worms, but-
0: Personally, I think I give this a four. Okay. So, you know, very highly... Recommended movie, I would say. And before I forget, I can't believe I didn't mention Bubba is played by Ken Foray. From Dawn
1: of the Dead. Uh,
0: from Dawn of the Dead. Also, for my Nickelodeon kids, he was Keenan Thompson's dad and *Keenan and Kel <laughs> on Nickelodeon. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Uh,
0: it was great. And one of my buddies met him once at a horror convention. And apparently, he is a super cool dude. He seems cool. Just talk to. And I think and I've seen with, so. the
1: original Dawn of the Dead maybe once, but I instantly knew who he was.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Dawn, yeah. He's iconic. Yeah. From Dawn of the dead. You know, that's just a great movie.
1: Oh wait, before we go on, I like was thinking about what my analysis of what I thought from beyond would be all about. And for the yeah. most part, I was correct up until yes, you I said, you're very I said correct. I thought evil was going to prevail. And in this case, evil did not prevail. It, I, yeah, mean, I mean, depending on how you look at it. Cause like they say like the, 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 yeah. the um the, resonator or whatever like that it just shows you what's always there anyway and allows you to see it so maybe evil is still there but in this case at any rate i feel like good somewhat prevails even though she's left sort of crazy and laughing like sally at the end of texas chainsaw massacre yeah
0: she's she's insane and they (laughs) but they blew the resonator the hell up and yeah all is well but
1: thank you for sharing your scare with me because i thoroughly loved it
0: I, I, I was hoping you would, and I'm glad you did because it is it is a movie to see. It's fun. I like that it's not really – you don't got to think a lot. It's just, you know, they're trying to activate that pineal gland, whatever. <laughs> I looked it up online. I guess it's just part of your brain. Uh, I guess it controls melatonin, they say. <laughs> so, but weirdly, it has, for some reason uh, – Philosophers and spiritualists have connected it to the third eye. Uh, you know, hence Jeffrey Combs getting the little, uh-huh. it's a little spermie that comes out of his forehead. Yeah. his third eye activating. And then he's got to suck brains out of eye sockets. Yeah. So people see this movie. If any of this, <laughs> if any of the things we're randomly saying excite you, check it out. Oh, yeah.
1: We didn't say this, but if you didn't listen to the first episode, we're all spoilers in the second half. So. Especially as I'm we get into, as, as we get into the next one in particular, um, yes, definite spoilers. So let's hop in it. Let's turn heads and get into the second movie, which couldn't be more different than the first.
0: You know, I was thinking about that, and then I made a connection. So you gave me hereditary to watch, and actually, I'm like, I think we accidentally created a double feature thematically, which is uh, hereditary. I mean, if you're going into this not knowing what's going on, uh, it, it kind of drops on you like a ton of bricks, you know, <laughs> halfway through the movie. A quarter of the but, way through. quarter of the way through the movie. Uh, but this is another film about trying to control, contact uh, forces beyond human comprehension. From beyond. You're right. That's a good connection. Yeah, that's very and true. I was like, one is through science and this is through good old fashioned devil worship. So. Uh, but I think they kind of they complimented each other as I watched them together.
1: So based on what you knew of Hereditary, like A, were you surprised about the big twist a quarter of the way through, 30 minutes in? Okay,
0: I, I would say I wasn't surprised. I feel like it was a movie that if you'd know uh, the language of movies similar, uh, like The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby specifically, uh, it kind of telegraphs itself pretty early in because right in the beginning they're at the funeral and it's really creepy there's like creepy weird guys there and stuff and i'm like oh grandma was a satanist <laughs> like i know that like right off the bat she's got a weird occult necklace on in the you know coffin and like i'm also a little bit of a, a cult nerd so you know there's there's things in there where i'm like oh, okay he legit did his uh, research uh with this stuff but the details were i didn't realize what was going to happen I, I thought it was going to go a different way uh you know uh, charlie
1: uh poor charlie but did you know she was gonna die especially so soon uh, not so soon but you did know figured, she was gonna die this was a
0: movie where i felt like they all did like, <laughs> I, I just it, it just had such an overwhelming sense of foreboding of like these people are all gonna die like this is you know There's a movie about the devil. So it's, you know, he's coming.
1: He's going to go. But like, she was Paymon like the whole time. Like she was born. That was
0: my question. That was my question. I mean, and of course, everything
1: I've just like read a ton and watched a ton of like YouTube videos. But like, she was born as him. A vessel. She was him, but they just, he was unhappy. He doesn't want a female host. He wants a male host. So they just had to wait till the time was right to get her into the brother.
0: Yes. Makes sense. I, I mean- uh, the scene where they have the breakdown, uh, the son and Tony Collette, uh, and they're blaming each other for Charlie going to the party. Oh, that's that why she dinner died. scene is
1: so good.
0: It's so brutal. But I was like, oh, you know, honey, she was doomed from the get-go, is what <laughs> I was thinking. Like, this was set in motion by Grandma. Uh, you guys don't even know it. You're all the sacrifice for her, her ritual that she started. And
1: and it was the uh, huge thing like it's it's crazy because i remember when it came out rotten tomatoes the critic score was so high like it's as of now is 89 percent, but i feel when it came out it was like 95 90. it was like high yeah and the audience score when it came in like the um the, the audience cinema it, score gave it a d plus people yeah were pissed that the little girl got killed and so soon it's all, my husband hated it because of that like as we're sitting there i could feel his hatred radiating off of him as the movie oh was going God. on and we get done he's like i hate it he's like when i watched the trailer i thought you know oh i was so excited about this creepy little girl and then she dies like 30 minutes into the movie and it just turned him off right away and audiences See, hated that they killed off the little girl and so soon yeah
0: this was a movie too as i'm watching it uh You know it really activates my 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 film school nerd brain uh because clearly Ari Aster went into this very meticulously, like the shots and the compositions and oh yeah i i I was blown away by the combinations of miniatures because mm-hmm. there's moments where like that 's a miniature and that 's an actual landscape, but you almost can 't tell the difference, and it was incredible to see. Uh, those long shots, those wide and that shots. That first
1: shot when it comes into the bedroom, and then the dad yes. like, walks in. That's so cool, incredible.
0: Also, that house was gorgeous. I want to like uh, spend some time in it, uh-huh. walking around. I don't know if it was a set or a real all house, but the, either all way, all of the interiors incredible were
1: soundstage.
0: It's incredible what they did. They built like a gorgeous, gorgeous ass house
1: that like like those high ceilings and just it was yes. so cool.
0: And uh, and the ending. This is where sometimes I worry about myself. Because by, by the time we got to the end of the movie, I'm like, it, it stopped being, a lot of the tension, and I kept waiting for scares to happen, uh, just because that soundtrack and the sound design is so heavy uh, and pervasive. It is. Uh, like you feel, I, I kept thinking like, if they took the sound out, this movie would not nearly be as tense, but that sound really gets you. So I, it, it will build and build and build, and I'm waiting for like jump scare but it didn't do that. And I like that. Cause that's just better filmmaking. I feel
1: totally
0: uh, the part where, you know, Tony Klett is dancing on the ceiling there. That was kind of,
1: that was a little creepy when that happened. Did you but... see her at first? Like when he wakes up and no, she's like I had in an the oh, corner, but no, it's really no... dark. You could, I only saw it in the theater when I watched it on my TV. I didn't see it until she like runs past.
0: Oh God. I had an, Oh shit. moment <laughs> Where I was just like, Oh my God, she's right there. Like that was horrifying. Uh, I did have a lot of though, like, I felt like an old man where I'm like, what the hell does that say? Like, I had to pause every piece of text they showed you where they're reading from a book. Yeah, And I'm like, pause. Uh, like, I, I didn't read this enough to get all that. Yeah. yeah, I had to go back and reread it. But the ending, I just thought like, this is beautiful. Uh, this is gorgeous. This, the symbolism. I don't know exactly what he was going for, but I'm sure it means something. The headless bodies, like when her body floats up into the treehouse, house. Uh, that's where the movie to me too, took a turn into it stopped being, this is probably why audiences hated it. Cause people don't like art films. I'll just yeah. hot take y'all normal audiences <laughs> don't like art films. It stopped being a Rosemary's baby or exorcist like movie uh, and became a David Lynch type uh, or, um, Uh, What's his name? Uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, uh, who uh, any of my art house nerds should know that name. Uh, He did a flick called El Topo, which is considered like the original midnight movie. It's a psychedelic Western is the best.
1: Oh, I think I've heard of that.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's, you know, kind of horror adjacent. Maybe we can address some of his stuff on this podcast because he's got some, you know, horrific imagery in his work. Uh, But that's what it reminded me of, because he treads in that territory of dream logic uh, and just symbolism. You know it's dense, you know it means something, but you're not quite sure what. Uh, And I feel like that's how this movie ends. And I'm like, that was actually so cool, because it felt like a long setup and then a punchline. Yep.
1: The last 30 minutes are pretty... Crazy, like that first 30 minutes is like you know, you're getting in, and then she dies, yeah. And then the next hour is a lot of grief, and then the last 30 Mm -hmm. minutes is where things just quickly it just goes nuts,
0: everything goes off the rails. Uh, and it is one of those movies too, though, where like I feel like maybe I've just watched too much supernatural or something where I'm like, it's a demon, you just gotta know. What counter curse to put on? i like, you guys can get this. Like, read a book. You'll figure out how to get rid of them. But nope, they all just died. Instead. And
1: I'm sure if you never seen. I mean, I did appreciate that the trailer. Like that's why people were surprised because they thought Charlie was going to be like a Reagan, you know. And it the trailer, yeah. I loved it for the. Fact I did too, that but you, you, they didn't give it all away. Like that was like yeah. a scene that people talked about and that had people leaving the theater because it was just. So brutal, and just like a little kid just died, um but I love the amazing. trailer so well reason. done, yeah, the trailer is beautiful for mm-hmm. because trailers give too much away these days, and I just appreciated that as much as it you knew it was about demons and things like that, that there was some sort of possession yeah. element, especially because they were like an exorcist for a new generation, so you know possessions involved, but like yeah. if you hadn't seen a trailer or known anything about it, you may think that Tony Colette is just crazy and thinking this stuff, this shit is happening because she's in her grief. But like knowing all that, you know, you know that even though it's sort of set up that her husband's thinking that way, that that's not what's going on. Yeah. You understand that. Like, no, it's demons. So it's, yeah, for sure. There are a couple of things that I've just, in my reading of, and I don't think that these are in the film, but like people who've read up on like who Paimon is and things like that. Yes. Um. Well, there definitely is a picture of him holding three heads. And like when he's on his horse, he's holding like three decapitated heads. So there's something oh, to yes. the ritual three. of him getting into his new body that the grandma, the mom, and the daughter all have to lose their head okay so whether i mean i don't think it had to be those three but i think three heads had to be sacrificed sure they were like the sacrifices so that he could ultimately come to this cult and give them their riches and one of the things he can grant as well apparently is like the gift of flight which i think is why tony collette's body flies up in the end and then she can fly other times as well okay so there's something to like the gift of flight Absolutely. And a way that the spirit could get into people is that they needed to be drugged with a particular herb. So there's clues to it. Um, the grandma feeds Charlie when she's a baby. So she probably helped, like through Gave this her the herb yeah. or whatever, makes way for Paymon to come into Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the time when, um, Annie, Tony Collette is over at Joan's house and she's drinking tea and she like pulls a little thing out of her mouth. She's like, Oh, what's that? Yeah, and then there. the third thing that's sort of a fun bit is when, um, when the son Peter is smoking pot under the bleachers with his friends. And he started, yes. he, like, you think he's just thinking of his sister and he's like, oh, I think my throat's closing up and, and he starts to have a yeah. little mini panic attack. There, The boy that's to the furthest left with a man bun is in the cult. And in the very last oh. scene, you see him. And it's so, like, you never see him any other times except for those two. So it's just people who've watched this movie a thousand times that are like, oh, that guy's in both of these scenes. So his friend was in the cult. And probably wow. in that moment he smoked some pot with this particular herb. It's a speculation, but that's the way Payman was able to get into him if indeed this herb needed to be had to possess somebody.
0: Makes sense.
1: So these are all like speculation, but I've just done a ton of like research on what people think and Absolutely.
0: I, I know this was totally a movie afterwards too, where there was little bits uh, I had already been familiar with in my readings and my weird journeys in life <laughs> uh, it, 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 the, the uh the bit where she's reading about King paymon uh, and I'm like, that's from like a real book, I'm sure that's like the some grimoire somewhere like because you know paymon is a real well, depending on your definition of real right, but he is an actual uh thing from uh occult studies and you know uh uh, catholic demonology so he's out there you know he's (laughs) they're pulling from real information he wasn't just making it up which i appreciate because some movies like to just make up a demon and it's like it's it carries some more weight i feel if you find like an actual like no here's a real thing from literature and history uh boom uh that just adds so much more authenticity so much weight to it. yeah and
1: i appreciate that he's not that they're not doing the devil like these people are you know i mean it is a dark force but they through bringing him you know they're going to get riches and they're going to have fame and and the 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 queen you know the um the grandma she she you know she paved the way for them so that's why they like hailed her and you know everything like that
0: Absolutely, yeah, nobody actually summons Satan. That's Just too. that would be insane. You don't do that, you go for a lesser demon. So easier to, you know, get in touch with those guys. They're not as busy.
1: Ari Aster said that he was inspired by um, family dramas like Ordinary People, The Ice Storm, and In the Bedroom, which you can all totally get because they're all like movies about sure. grief within family. And by yeah. classic horror movies like Rosemary's Baby, Don't Look Now. And yeah. the innocence.
0: Oh, I can I feel that. And he
1: also was heavily influenced by the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, which I've never seen. That is a uh that's a trip. And he said that he watched it as a kid. He snuck it out of the video store in a troop Beverly Hills VHS rental box <laughs> so he could watch it. And it just like really influenced him. So yeah, it's a it's a very
0: intense
1: drama. Interesting. I
0: that I would I would say that that's another one that's almost horror adjacent uh because things that happen in it are the kind of shit you'd see happen in a horror movie not you know a human drama like that but it is a uh uh i think it was rated nc-17 so you know that was it's pretty heavy stuff
1: it was it was a travesty that tony collette was not nominated for an oscar there was definitely yes
0: can we talk about that tony collette
1: deserves every award Every uh Every award, she's fantastic. I'm sure That's all I could think. that she probably I didn't get nominated away. because, you know, it's a horror movie. Not to say that horror movies can't get nominated because Get Out won best, you know, original screenplay. It was nominated for best picture. It definitely happens, but she got she got totally gypped because she should have been nominated. She, her performance is so good, and this time it's around, I think i have stellar. So good. I think I've seen it four or five times now. Oh wow! And this time, more than any other. I was very emotional. Like Peter, like Alex Wolfe's performance is so good. And whenever he would get emotional and cry, I it would just get me. It really mm-hmm. affected me. And I would like tear up and it just got me emotional, like more than ever.
0: And what's oh, interesting, wow.
1: like his whole reaction to when he essentially kills his little sister um, is just so powerful. And did you notice the little um cult sign on the pole as they drive by on the way to the party no i missed so that. they drive by on the way to the party and the cult symbol there. is there on that pole which is just goes to show you like everything is preordained. they are yeah
0: it was all meant to being happen
1: controlled like the miniatures like they have no say in what's happening they're put in a place and things are going to happen to them because that's how it is set up
0: wow that's That's crazy that the miniatures kind of gave me a little bit of a being John Malkovich vibe too, with his little puppets, John Cusack puppets. I was like, ah,
1: cool. (laughs) And he took the, there was a real life incident in 2004 where a kid, um, he was with his childhood friend and they went to like a party and they got really drunk and they were driving home and the kid thought he was going to throw up. I think he was in the back of a truck though. And he hit his head on a telephone pole and it decapitated him. And his friend didn't even know until like they got home. I think he was too drunk. He may have even passed out in the truck and no one knew until someone walked by like walking, like uh, their toddler or something like that. And and they saw a body in the truck and notified authorities.
0: That's insane.
1: It's a crazy story.
0: It does show too where, you know, real life uh, tr- horror really does uh, seep into some of the, the the better movies, I'd say too. Yeah, he
1: originally didn't want it to be a horror movie, but it ended up going that route. Um, okay. And, and I mean, ultimately it is also like, like I was saying, like sort of like a, a family drama that yeah gets turned into a horror movie like as it goes along, which I find really interesting
0: yeah that it is cool that it is a at its core, yeah a family drama that as it twists and turns though then suddenly you're like, oh okay, but there's there's a bunch of demons and witchcraft going on here that really just casts everything in a new light i'd also I wanted to say, I didn't realize Gabriel Byrne is in this uh and when he showed up as the husband, I was like, oh, wow, because I like Gabriel Byrne. And whenever, yeah. you know, he's like, he's a good familiar face and uh, especially in he, he uh, has done quite a few horror movies uh, and genre, you know, flicks. Uh, so when he pops up, it's like, oh, there he is. You know, you don't really <laughs> think about him uh, until he's in front of you. And then you're like, oh, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, he's, he's there to give a good stern authority figure <laughs> performance. He's really good
1: at that. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. So, how many decapitated heads do you give this?
0: Ah, you know, this is a movie. I, I uh, whoo, I like good round numbers. <laughs> uh, so I could do, but I, I'll, I'll split. I will, I will. Uh, I'll, sp- I'll, I'll split the middle here and go four and a half decapitated heads. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, uh it's definitely a four four-star movie for me. I, I just am not sure. I think I'd have to watch it again if I were to decide it was five. Uh, just because of the craft, it, he really blew me away with the the camera work and his uh, the construction of the film was so meticulous. You wouldn't think this is somebody's first feature film, Yeah. Uh, but it, definitely in Orson Welles territory here with like right out of the gate, just this is a masterpiece my first thing yep
1: yeah, i'm pretty sure tony colette said that she he is the most um prepared director she's ever worked with which she's done mm-hmm. a lot of stuff so yeah, i think absolutely. that's very impressive and he really came in like with all of like a shot list and he just he was so prepared and you can just tell and how beautifully it is done and midsummer absolutely. is like I won't say much more in case I assign it to you someday. But yeah. I haven't seen that. So beautiful. And it, where this is so dark, it is so bright. And I okay. appreciate that about it, but it's the shots are gorgeous. Just like this one. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad I would probably give it uh four and a half stars as well. I was thinking four, but I really, I mean, I, there's so much about it. I love, and it's one of the few films in the last decade, probably that uneases me. And I, in a way that's not just grossing me out. It's just,
0: it's unsettling. It's a, it's, a, it's a nervous movie. And
1: the, the emotions are so real and, and yes. I just, I'm into that. I'm into that all day. Cause it is a rare thing in a horror movie, I think.
0: Yeah. To have genuine emotion like that, not just, you know, uh, it, making you scream right. and laugh, right. you know, just the, the base emotions, yeah. uh, this, this had a little more nuanced, uh, Uh, especially with grief, man, like he really nailed the whole, like, yeah, people, people do stupid things and say shitty things like in the (laughs) throes of just absolute grief. Like he nailed that where you're like, yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. Like you, you don't, Uh, movies try to give us a nice clean version of it like you're just really sad and then you start to feel you know better reassured but it's like no sometimes you go a little nuts
1: for a while yeah
0: and you don't even know what you're doing and that this movie really nailed that
1: sure does well awesome i feel i'm glad you found the connection between the two because i i dig that
0: yeah, I was like, we accidentally created a double feature again, that actually. <laughs> I think we, we could possibly program at like a, you know, film festival for people. Like, these work. Come on. I
1: think every week we got to find a connection somehow. I think that should be yeah. one of our goals, even we if should, it's bark We should dig deep. Even if it's too, yeah, too <laughs>
0: far-fetched. We're going to figure it out.
1: <laughs> we'll find That's it. That's right. Well, awesome. Well, um, great movies. And, you know, I'm excited to hear what you pick for me next week.
0: I've got a couple. uh, I got a couple locked and loaded, ready to go, just in case. uh, You know, I don't. I don't think you've seen my top choice. I'm gonna go. uh, Just a little taste here, a little teaser, a little tease for you. Oh. Uh, I'm going in another direction. Of we've discussed how I love my '80s rubbery monsters, but now we're gonna go in a different genre slightly different milieu that I also very much love. So
1: oh, I'm get ready for that.
0: Whole nother era. So get ready. Okay.
1: Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't have a teaser for you because I've not decided yet what I'm going to give you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I can't wait. It's going to be a freaking blast. It's going to be great.
0: Do you have any parting thoughts or words for the people out there? You
1: know, um, if you're listening, thank you. And um, please follow us on Instagram, Scaring a Sharing. <laughs> and um, write us an email to share your scares. Um, ask if we've seen something that you love. Um, whatever. Um, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Hit us up. Give us Give us your thoughts.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, everybody... Turns out pineal glands are actually pretty boring um, <laughs> in real life. Uh, it doesn't hurt to brush up on your demonology, uh, you know, just in case. And uh, hail King Paimon.
1: <laughs> hail Paimon. <laughs> and that's it, people. All right. Watch more horror movies. Yep, and share your scares with us because scaring is sharing. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: Gehring is sharing.